Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a two-part series. Part one is how to move a homestead. So today I am solo in the studio and you're going to notice a difference in the sound quality. And that's because my wonderful husband, who usually does all of the editing, is um, away on a serious family matter right now. And um, we wanted to make sure that we had a podcast out for you guys. Um, So I am going to do my best today to put it all together for you guys. So again, this is part one of how to move a homestead. I'm going to open up this part uh, of this particular episode by answering a question directly from a viewer, um, from a listener, excuse me. And the listener, I'm going to keep this person's information and the amount of land that they're interested in and all the particulars. I'm going to keep that private, but um, I'm going to go ahead and paraphrase their question. And their question was, is that they were thinking about moving from wherever they are in the, the United States to the state of Arizona. And they were really particular in um, the area that they're looking at. And they really focused on the St. John's area. And they said, when it comes to homesteading, what should I look for when purchasing land for homesteading? And is the St. John's area a good place to homestead? So this listener asked a really good question. Um, and the answer to your question is this. My husband and I have traveled up and down um that particular area of Arizona. Now we are in Southern Arizona. We're not in Northern Arizona. The St. John's area is in Northern Arizona where it snows. They've got a lot of inclement weather. So it's, it's a little bit different there than it is here. Um, we get cold here too in Southern Arizona, but we don't get a lot of snow. We get mostly ice and, um, we do get into the teens, but nothing, nothing like you see in northern Arizona. When we have vacationed up there, and we've done that several times, we have found that there is a strong homesteading community there in the St. John's area of Arizona. So it's a good area to homestead. And you, this particular listener, you were looking at purchasing where I'm just going to make up a number you were looking to purchase maybe about a hundred acres. Um, and so yes, you can find land cheap up there, but I am going to give you some precautions and that's, what's going to start this part one of how to move a homestead. First off, before I finish answering this question, I do need to let you know that I am answering this question from a professional background. What most of you don't know about me is prior to homesteading, I was a mortgage branch manager. 
Um, my specialty in the mortgage industry was land acquisition. Now, I did land acquisition for um, custom home builders who would build multiple sites on a lot of land and parcel that land out for you know each individual home site. That was what I specialized in. So I am saying this with some working knowledge of how purchasing land, how it works. Um, but I will say my advice to you, my tip number one, and I've seen this all throughout my professional workings, my professional career, and that is um, whatever you do, please, 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 please find a real estate agent. You may think, I don't need a real estate agent. You know, they're just glorified, you know, people who just show homes and they, you know, you might think that and that could be your perception. But especially when you're dealing with things like land, if it's raw land or even developed land, it's always a good idea to have a real estate agent working with you. And there's a couple of reasons why I say that. And it first off, it has to do with what I have seen over the years of being in this industry. I've seen people work with real estate agents and work without them. And the ones who work without them seem to have more problems with um, things coming up when it comes to closing. They find out things at the very last minute um, that alters the deal and they don't know how to handle it. Um, because maybe they didn't do all of their due diligence. Frankly, there's a lot of behind the scene things that happen in real estate transactions, whether you're buying your real estate cash or you're financing it. There's a lot of moving pieces that go on behind the scenes that I'm just going to be very blunt with you. You don't know that happens. And it's because we don't want you to know that these things are going on behind the scenes. Is it something nefarious? No, but it is some, some things can probably quite possibly make the, the hair on the, the back of your neck stand up because you'll think your deal won't go through because sometimes it can be really close. So that is my number one thing um, is get a real estate agent because a licensed real estate agent will be prepared for for helping you with all of those behind the scene things. Now, when we talk about real estate agents, I do want to say not all real estate agents are created equal. For example, when I was a mortgage loan officer, yes, I could I could do the financing for somebody's house and did, but that was not my specialty. What I specialized in was land. I knew the ins and outs of land acquisition when I was working. And it's the same thing for real estate agents. There, you know, most real estate agents are used to dealing with subdivisions and, um, you know, uh, your standard stick built homes. You need to do your research. You really, really need to research and you need to interview your real estate agent and find out how many times have you helped people buy land and what type of land was it 
you know, raw land? Was it, you know, just um, developed land? Was this, and what was the, the purpose of the land? And, and so forth and so on. Ask those detailed questions of the real estate agent. Don't go with the first real estate agent that comes up in your shopping list or, you know, when you're looking for real estate agents and definitely don't go based on the pictures. I can't tell you how many times I've seen and heard people do that. They go based on the picture or based on, oh, well, you know, my mortgage lender said this is the real estate agent that I should use. Or my friend said this is the real estate agent I should use. No. Research, 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 because different real estate agents have different strengths. They all are educated on the same thing. If you talk to a, a real estate agent and there you use the words egress, regress, easements, and um, so forth, they are going to know what you're talking about. But is that something that they talk about on the daily? No. If it's the answer is no, they don't talk about those things on the daily, then that's probably not the right real estate agent if you're looking to buy land. Um, the other half of your question was, what should I look for when purchasing land for homesteading? Now, I do want to preface this by saying we do have an upcoming episode where we are going to actually interview a real estate agent that I know and have worked with um, who she knows her stuff, and I'm really excited to have her on the show. Um, but I am going to say a few things. And, and like I said, I'm saying this from the. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you looking to build a homestead from the ground up? Or maybe you're looking to build an off-grid dream home, a vacation home, or maybe just a piece of land to call your own. Visit yourcheapland.com to buy rural land in the wide open spaces of southwestern United States. When you visit yourcheapland.com, they're here to help you. And with their help, you can do this. You can take your dream of owning land and make it a reality. Most down payments are only $294, including the document fee. Remember, everyone qualifies for financing at yourcheapland.com. Head on over to yourcheapland.com and start making those dreams come true. And now, back to our podcast. The fact that I come from this profession, um, but I come from it from the financing aspects of it. But there are some things that I am very well aware of. I am not a licensed real estate agent. So again, that's why I refer you to a licensed real estate agent. But from a homesteading perspective, these are some things that you want to look at as well. Um, you want to look at what's called your easements, your ingress and recess, you want to be able to know how you're going to come in and out of your property. I can't tell you how many times I've seen property that's for sale, specifically land, 
And when that land is for sale, it may have just maybe one road that is shared with multiple neighbors to get into your home. In a situation like that, do you participate in the maintenance of that road? Is that something that you have to factor in on the monthly? Um, do you have access to your house? That's another problem. When we moved into our current homestead here, the neighbor next door to us did not have access to their property. Um, and when they moved in, they had to negotiate with another neighbor to get easements and to get um, the ability to be able to be in their property um, to be able to drive into their property. So it was it was really kind of interesting. Um, but that is one thing that you really want to look at is do you have the ability to get onto your property? The second thing, I know people are always going to want to talk about water. And water is, especially in the homesteading community, it is super important. Now for this listener, this listener is thinking about moving to the state of Arizona. State of Arizona is a beautiful state, but without getting into any sort of political topics, I will say this much. The state of Arizona is a hotbed for the topic of water. We've already got one city whose rights, um, the, the, the city council has voted to revoke everybody's rights, their water rights. So no one in that particular city has any water rights, not farms, not homesteads. If you're on a well, you don't have rights either. So, and there's another town here um, in the state of Arizona whose water just recently got shut off. Um, Water is a hot topic. If you're thinking about moving here to the state of Arizona, this is my pro tip to you. Be sure to run this past your real estate agent. My pro tip is make sure you have rights, water rights. Make sure you have mineral rights to your property. You need to make sure that you have control of those things. You can't control everything, but at least you can try with your mineral rights and with your water rights. Um, Because if you have to dig for a well, you want to be able to be in control of that. Um, And if you happen to be on uh, city water, you need to know about that as well, that that can be, you know, that can be monitored. And here, I don't know about other states um, in the United States, but I know here in the state of Arizona, um, like in the, the small town that we're in, our town, the water is ran by kind of, I, I hate to say it this way, but it's kind of a mom and pop situation. So, you know, we always have to have gobs of extra water here on property, not just because we homestead, but because water has been shut off because, well, you know, it's kind of a mom and pop. You know, when you refer to the water guy with his first name only, you know, you're in a small town (laughs) and, you know, the infrastructure is just not there. So you really have to be aware of where you are moving. Again, this is something that a real estate agent, if if he or she is worth their weight, 
in anything, they will be able to help fill you in on that. The other thing that I would say um, when you are moving, looking at moving a homestead, one of the things that you want to look at, Kevin and I say this all day long, and that is an acre is not an acre is not an acre. If you are looking to move from the suburbs to acreage, an acre, it, it just because a property is advertised or listed as, you know, you know, 10 acres or five acres or whatever the acreage is. Let's just for the sake of example, say, you know, you've got 10 acres, a 10 acre property that you're interested in purchasing. But let's say eight of those acres is on a slope, on a rocky slope. Well, yeah, you may have 10 acres on paper, but only two of those acres are usable. And if you're looking at doing something like having cattle and, and, and sheep and, and all this other kind of, all these other kind of animals that you're going to have on pasture, that may not fit what you're looking for. So an acre is not an acre. You cannot rely on the advertisement of what an acre is. So what does that mean for you? That means for you, you would need to drive and walk that property. You need to look at it. Um, I hate to say it to you that way, but that's what you got to do. You got to get out of your car and you got to drive that property and you got to see what it looks like. And I highly recommend that. Don't rely on somebody else to say, oh, you know, I'll, I'll take a picture of it and blah, blah, blah. No, or, you know, I'll videograph it for you or, or, you know, take a video of it rather. No, don't rely on anybody to do that work for you. You need to walk and see that yourself. Um, the other thing that I would highly recommend if you are looking at property, some of the things that you're looking uh, for purchasing your land is flood. Now, you know, whether or not you live in a flood zone is something highly important for you to know. And the reason why is because we all hear it on the news. You know, every, it seems like every two weeks, there's, you know, something in the news about, you know, oh, this area flooded and it was a 100 year flood. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of 100-year floods that seem to be going on right now. Not getting into the whys and the what have you, but these are just facts. So if your property is anywhere near a flood zone, you need to know about it. And if you're planning on building on said property, which I'm assuming you are, then you need to know how to build on that property. Again, do your due, your due diligence if you are building on that property and getting your flood insurance. Um, that is a bit of a nightmare, but you need to get that done. That segues into my last and final point when you are looking at specifically land for homesteading. And, and this is something that it always amazes me because I, I don't hear people talk about this a whole lot. And I kid you not, I remember when I was working um, as a branch manager and doing land acquisitions, 
I've seen deals come across my desk and go right into the trash because of this one thing. And and it amazes me. It boggles my brain that people in the homesteading community, and I'm sorry, I'm putting all of us on blast. We don't talk about this, but you need to be aware of this. You need to have your land surveyed. Your land survey is one of the most important things for you because that is going to tell you the grade of land you have, whether your land is sloping, whether um, whether you've got problems with your land. You also need to get your land soil tested to see if there's any contamination on your soil that you need to be aware of. But all of that is is you can request all of that with your land survey. Get your land surveyed. Um, because then you know what your property boundaries are. That's also another important thing. I've seen people go to court, fisticuffs practically, over property boundaries. It's a real thing. So get your land surveyed, have your land surveyor put those markers out and um, make sure that is taken care of. I know when we moved here on our property, Um, Here on our two acres, that was one of the first things we did is we had our land surveyed. Actually, we had it before we closed on on our mortgage loan is we we had our property surveyed. And one other thing I just forgot about that. um, Another thing that can actually make or break a deal, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit, but um, actually all of these things fall under uh, what I'm about to say, but the other thing is if you're buying land yourself, cash, your real estate agent's going to push you in this direction. But if, if he or she doesn't, they may not be a good real estate agent. I know for myself, I'm going to push you in this direction. And my last and final pro tip to you is by all means, get a title report. Now, a title report is probably one of the most important things. Again, I've seen a ton of deals, a ton, millions of money be thrown away, put in the trash because of of, of title and because of um, land access and because of surveys, land surveys. If you're buying land, please get title. The title company's responsibility is to find out what the rights are, mineral rights, other rights, to find out the history of that property, who's owned it, to make sure there's no back taxes that are owned on that property, owed rather on that property, and a host of other things. If you get a title report that is not the end all be all of of everything. That doesn't mean that nothing is ever going to come up with your property. Certainly anything can come up, but that's what you have title insurance for. And that's a lot of people forget about that. They're like, oh, well, you know, the title company, you know, they, they forgot about blah, 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 blah. Well, if it comes to a point where it becomes a litigious situation, that's what you have title insurance for. That's why you are using these per working professionals 
who are in the industry. That's what you're using your real estate agent for. All of those people are there so that in case something happens and it becomes a litigious situation, you've got backup. So yes, it may cost you a little bit more to use a real estate agent, um, but I highly, I highly suggest it. Yes, it's going to cost you, you know, several hundred dollars, if not thousands of dollars to open up title. But if you're buying land, please do your due diligence. Make sure you have all of those things checked. Those are just a few. I mean, I could go on for probably an hour or longer with things that I have seen just just in my own working career, things that I have seen um, where things have fallen apart on land acquisition deals. And again, I like I said, I you know, I come from a different perspective in that industry because it was land acquisition for home builders, not necessarily for the regular homesteader. <laughs> so, but those are just a few of my tips and tricks. Um, next week, hopefully everything will settle down and hopefully everything is okay with Kevin and um, his family. Um, yeah, we're, we're definitely praying that everything, we're just praying everything goes okay with, with them. Um, so hopefully next week you will not have me solo and I do apologize for the sound quality. Um, he is the, the person who does all of the master editing, not me. So <laughs> that's it from all of us here from our homestead to yours. Happy homesteading and stay safe out there, please. Take care.